0: Welcome to Everyday Sublime, shedding light on yin yoga and meditation. I'm your host, Josh Summers. I'm a yin yoga and meditation teacher and trainer. I'm also a licensed acupuncturist. This podcast is intended to be an in-depth exploration of the intersections between yin yoga and Chinese medicine and meditation. In this episode, I want to talk about the second aspect of a yin approach to meditation that is, playing your edge mentally and physically. I'll consider what it means to play your physical edge in meditation, as well as your mental edge. And I'll be looking at how playing your edge develops a sensitivity to cause and effect in your experience, as well as how it empowers you to take responsibility for your experience. So let's get started. Just as there are three or four main principles for practicing yin yoga, I think it's helpful to consider perhaps three or four main principles for how to practice a yin approach to meditation. In the last lesson, I discussed the principle of developing the intention to relax and be receptive within your meditation experience. Here, I'll explore the topic of playing your edge while meditating, and that refers to your physical edge as well as to your mental edge. On the physical side of the yin yoga practice, we bring the body into a posture where we feel appropriate sensations, and we monitor those sensations during the practice, thus ensuring that we stay at a suitable and safe edge. If the sensations become too intense, we back off. If sensations fade, we then consider possibly exploring a further, deeper edge. So how does this relate to the physical edge of sitting meditation? In a way, we can apply the same approach to the meditative side of our practice. The first part of a formal meditation practice is to place the body in a posture, and much ink has been spilled over what qualifies as an appropriate posture for meditation. Many traditional yogic styles of meditation describe the specific details of certain appropriate postures. Their emphasis tends to place great importance on alignment, orientation of the spine, placement of the palms, etc. And if the intention of meditation is to produce a specific state, then these considerations are certainly relevant and important. Yet all too frequently, extreme fussiness, in my opinion, over posture, this tends to foster a kind of form of spiritual materialism, or an attachment to form itself. And within that, this might also develop the darker shadows of inner rigidity and harshness. But if one's intention is to develop yin qualities of mind within their meditation practice, the specificity of posture, in my opinion, is of far less significance. Better said, any posture that is reasonably comfortable will do. Now before you charge me with meditative blasphemy, please remember that the Buddha taught meditation in four postures. Sitting, standing, walking, and lying down. Or in other words, the full range of human position. From a yin approach or an awareness-based style of meditation, the posture itself takes a back seat, and a priority is given to what goes on within the posture. We could also just borrow the advice from the yogic sage, Patanjali, that the posture should be both steady and easeful, and just leave it at that. So whatever posture you assume, can it be steady and easeful? Rather than obsessing about what is the best posture for meditation, I encourage students to explore a variety of different postures and discover what posture works best for them, cultivating steadiness and ease. Many people are relieved to learn that they can lie down and meditate. Others simply find comfort in knowing that they can sit in a favored armchair or on the couch. Put bluntly, you don't need to wear out the menisci of your knees in some idealized form of the lotus posture to gain insight about yourself and your inner world. Please try different cross-legged postures, kneeling postures, lying postures, restorative yoga postures, or use yin yoga postures in sequence. Use any of these as a platform for developing meditative yin qualities of mind. Also, regarding posture, if during meditation, if your body becomes incredibly uncomfortable during a sitting, I recommend adjusting yourself into a different posture. Try to be aware of what goes on for you building up to the decision to move, what occurs during the move, and how you feel after the readjustment. But remember to try and be kind and gentle to yourself. The intention of meditation is to develop positive qualities of being, not to become a stone-like statue of a Buddha. Now, once you find your physical posture, then I recommend inclining your mind into a mental posture of receptivity. But just as you play your edge in a physical posture, it is very important to know that you can and should play your mental edge as well. The general mental posture within a yin approach to meditation is for your mind to be receptive and open to the full range of your inner experience. But with such an open-ended approach, it's not uncommon for challenging emotions and themes to arise within your practice. My suggestion is to handle these strong mental emotional energies in the same manner that you might negotiate strong sensation in the body during a yin yoga posture. First you'll examine the energy's intensity. Does it feel too much and overwhelming? Or is it something that you can tolerate and gently explore? If it proves too much, just like backing off from the intense physical sensation in a pose, It's of utmost importance in my opinion to give yourself permission to back away from the very intense emotion. As my teacher Jason Siff suggests, you might decide in these cases to turn your attention to the feeling of your hands resting on your lap, or you might focus for a while on the sense of the whole body sitting or lying down against the floor or cushion. Or perhaps you might just listen to environmental noises or sounds. Any of these would be skillful ways to take your attention momentarily away from the intensity of the triggering emotion or theme. It's important for me to acknowledge that intentionally turning your attention away from something overwhelming most definitely qualifies as a yang intervention. In other words, you you definitely are directing your mind's attention away from one thing and placing it on something else. In practice, I see this as a kind of skillful pragmatism. Yes, in general, you intend to be receptive to your unfolding experience, but you don't follow this intention as a rigid rule or mandate. If something proves to be too much in any given moment, you can always exercise wise discernment by backing off from the challenging energy. And in doing so, by knowing that you have these options, this, in a way, can paradoxically help you stay closer to the inner terrain of your actual experience. You can go into challenging themes for a while, decide to back off, let yourself rest a bit with your breath or body, and then re-explore those very same themes as and when you feel a bit more grounded and secure. Playing one's edge in a yin approach to meditation asks you to make your own decisions around what kinds of things you let go on in your meditation, what you can tolerate, and what you need to back away from. In other words, You are the authority of your own experience and process. And this point can't be overemphasized. In most, if not all, yang approaches to meditation, authority is placed in the seat of the teacher and the instructions of the meditation practices themselves. In a yang style, the student simply follows the teacher's instruction with regard to how to handle their experience. But in a yin approach, there is an explicit shift in authority from the teacher or instruction to that of the student. The student here is encouraged to take full responsibility for the decisions they make in their meditation, and more importantly, to learn from those decisions. Frequently, when people come to an unstructured meditative practice, like a yin approach to practice, they are coming from a history of doing other practices, whether those be guided meditations or prescribed meditative techniques. And what tends to happen for people is that their previous practices start happening within their yin-based unstructured practice. For example, you might be sitting with the intention to be receptive to your unfolding experience but then spontaneously find yourself focusing on the breath or reciting a mantra. This is normal and totally okay. It's fine in this yin approach to let your mind go along with your familiar practice for a while. You can be receptive towards practicing the old technique. You can let it go on for a while and after some time you might decide to gently let it go or let it be. The key point here is that within the broader intention to be receptive to your inner experience, you become more sensitive to the choices available to you within that process. You also become more sensitive to the impact of those choices and that's a really important point. This in essence is karma that is action and its results. And that's a theme I'll return to in a future lesson. But for now, consider that when you allow your experience to unfold, make choices about how you handle your experience, you're actually coming directly in contact with karma in your own process. I'll stop there for now. In the next episode of Everyday Sublime, I'll look at how a yin approach to meditation releases conflict in your practice. I look forward to sharing those insights with you from my practice to yours. If you'd like to follow along with Everyday Sublime, please subscribe in iTunes. I left a link for you in the show notes, or you can directly subscribe on my site at joshsummers.net slash subscribe. And if you'd like to study or train with me, check out YinYogaSchool.com. Thanks so much for listening today, and I'll see you in the next episode.